Welcome to Downstage Center, a production of XM Satellite Radio and the American Theatre Wing. I'm John von Susten, Program Director of XM28 on Broadway. And I'm Howard Sherman, Executive Director of the American Theatre Wing. We have with us today two of the stars of Moving Out, the show on Broadway with the music of Billy Joel, the choreography of Twyla Tharp, John Selya, and Ashley Tuttle. Now, there's a similarity, a parallel between the two of you in terms of your careers. Both of you are obviously in Moving Out. Both of you were Tony nominees in 2003 for Moving Out. John is Best Actor. Ashley Yu is Best Featured Actress. Both made your Broadway debuts in Moving Out. You've both danced with the American Ballet Theater, the ABT, and you both joined Twyla Tharp Dance in the year 2000. In addition, John, you've received a Drama Desk nomination for Moving Out. You did win the Astaire Award for Best Male Dancer, and you won the Theater Award, a Theater World Award as well. You were born, I'm told, here in New York City, a native New Yorker like myself, and you trained at the School of American Ballet. Ashley, you were a nominee for the Astaire Award. At the tender age of 16, you were invited by Mikhail Baryshnikov to join the ABT, and you became a principal dancer in 1997. Did I get all of that right? Yes. <laughs> Good. I'm glad I read your bios before you came in. <laughs> you know more about me than I do. <laughs> well, you know more about the show than I do. So for the benefit of our radio audience that may not have seen the show, either here in New York or on tour, can the two of you kind of tell us the marriage of Billy Joel, Twyla Tharp, the storyline, the whole bit? Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So um, it's, a, it's a story that chronicles uh, a group of friends uh, from Hicksville, Long Island, and uh, it kind of uh, traces their lives from when they are, you know, uh, graduating from high school through their, I guess, middle age. And uh, throughout this, throughout the evening, you see, you know, the trials, the tribulations, the conflicts and the resolutions that um, that a small community fractured by a war would endure. And uh, the the entire story is told in music and dance. There's very little actual spoken dialogue. Is that right? That's correct. We don't we don't speak. We don't sing. There's a singer who's separate from the dancers, and the lyrics of the song help tell the story. But Twyla doesn't stick to them exactly. It's more the mood of a song or certain moments of a song that help narrate. Not it's not it's, exact. This relationship with these people as they go from kind of naive high school graduates through the Vietnam War, one of whom, one of the graduates is killed during the war, and then the aftermath and the whole Vietnam thing afterwards, right? Yes. Yes. And usually uh, when you think of Billy Joel, you don't really think of a war. But right. a lot of his, a lot of the material that Twyla uses is is relative to a war scenario. Um, but I'd also like to add that there's a great, I mean, there is a singer but there's a great rock band, mm-hmm. and they're up on this up on this kind of scaffolding, uh, playing the great music of Billy Joel in, and not imitating, but in the same vein that he sings in, and it's and it's fantastic. I mean, what's great about this show to me is I've seen other Broadway shows, and the musicians are in a pit and they're out of sight. And and I don't mean like out of mm-hmm. sight, like whoa, cool. I As mean literally out of sight, right, literally. Yeah. And um, and you get to you know, it's like if you don't like what's going on on stage, you just lift your eyes, you know, a couple feet, and then there's a great rock concert happening above. But um, but it's actually the fusion of the two and how seamlessly Twile has integrated the two elements, the music and the dance, that really 
that is a really great theatrical experience. And, you know, even though I'm in it, I go out front and I watch it a lot, and I'm always impressed by it. And your character is Eddie, and Ashley's yours is Judy. Yes. And tell us a little bit about the two characters, where they're coming from. Well, Judy is a very sweet, naive young girl who's in love with someone. They're going to get married. He's going to go off to war. She's concerned. Unfortunately, he gets killed in Vietnam. So from that point on, Judy's... In the second act, she's part of uh, John's character's dream, kind of mm-hmm. torturing him. But ultimately, at the end, her she comes back as her true character, and she is um, forgiveness, basically. Yeah, and my character, Eddie, which is from, you know, Brendan Eddie, we're still going steady, as you see, I don't sing. Um, <laughs> but Twyla was always curious as to what happened to these characters. Like, Judy is mentioned in a Billy Joel song. Brendan Eddie, obviously, are mentioned. Anthony, who works in the grocery store, is mentioned. And she went up to Billy and she said, what happened to these people? You know, you wrote a song about these people. Where'd they go? So this is kind of the examination of these characters. Anyway, Eddie was, you know, the king of the, the prom king. And then uh, he kind of fell from he fell from grace. And uh, his throne, you know, in the small town was kind of taken away. And he was usurped by uh, by one of his friends. You know, one of his friends. I don't want to blow this, the, the story, but one of his friends kind of assumes his role. You know, Eddie was the king, and he was the head honcho around this little neighborhood, and then he fell from grace. Uh, he reluctantly went to war. Um, his friends around were gung-ho for the war, and Eddie had reservations. Um, and I don't think they were reservations about wanting to be an American, but they were reservations, I think, about what the what we were fighting for at that point. And uh, I think... Also, Eddie was somebody who never experienced any kind of fear until he finds himself on a battlefield. And I think discovering that fear for the first time is unsettling. He doesn't know how to handle it. And that puts into motion a lot of um, tragedy. Well, it's remarkable as listening to everything that you're saying, immediately coming back to the fact that this story is told entirely through dance. And you you're already talking about psychological issues and underpinnings. How did this story evolve? It, it's it's well known within theater that there was a lot of work done on the shape of the show while it was out in Chicago, before it came to New York, and what happened, and ultimately the success of that work. How did the story evolve? How did the piece evolve for, for you and overall over that time? Uh, well, Twyla started with a small group of us, six of us, and she had worked with some of us for about 17 years, so she'd really want to create a commercial product that would um, help dancers make a little money. <laughs> so she came came up... She, no. You didn't hear that. No, she found some... There's nothing wrong with her <laughs> yeah. living in, in dancing or the theater. So anyway, <laughs> she um, found this music. She liked it a lot. She choreographed a few little pieces, and Billy came in and watched them, and he liked what she was intending to do. And then from that point on, she I think she talked to Billy a lot about his friends during that time, what they went through. She talked to us a lot about, because a lot of us came from ballet companies where you don't obviously speak, you tell the plot through movement. So I think we helped, you know, co- we contributed a lot to the storytelling from what we have learned from Swan Lake and Giselle. Well, when, when Twyla began developing the idea, did she have Billy's music in mind or did that come later? Which came first? I think Billy, I think her son, the story she likes to tell is that her son came to her with 
an idea about setting a Broadway show to the music of Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. And then I think Twyla, Twyla thought it was a great idea. And then uh, she just uh, took the ball and ran with it. But there, I mean, it's 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 great what Ashley's saying. Twyla did, you know, this is great of Twyla that she did kind of consult us throughout the whole process. It was like, you know, we would rehearse and then we'd sit around and brainstorm a little bit. And sometimes she would take our advice, or not our advice, but our kind of recommendations about what this character would do at that moment. So, you know, it's testimony to really Twyla's... Uh, talent that she can still stick to her own vision and allow input from Ashley and from Elizabeth and Keith, the other cast members. And it was a truly collaborative process. And um, and that's and we just, you know, uh, from the the moment that we started to what you see now, there were many incarnations of of the plot and well, where it went. Well, it's always interesting. No, I'm sorry. Hear, excuse nope. me. Not not the plot itself, but the details and the events and the the order. Right, because when you hear about a Broadway musical, you often hear about oh, songs were cut, songs were put in different places. Was that happening even within the dance piece? Was it the fact that the songs themselves were separate pieces might have facilitated that? Did the order of the show change, or was it? really just about the movement and how the story got told. No, the order of the show changed. Some of the songs were cut. Some songs were added. Um, I think she did some editing within songs because certain songs I think were just too long. So even now we don't play a lot of the whole song of each song, but they they were longer at the beginning and they've gotten shorter. And um, yeah, I mean, everything kind of changed. Costumes changed. I mean, everything you can imagine changed. Yeah, everything to make it more palatable because we're we're going for a broad audience. And Twyla is great in the sense that she never puts her priorities above the audience's. The audience is always a consideration. Now, she doesn't pander. You know, she's not like, you know, we have to, you know, hit them with There's this no and then hit them with that. <laughs> right. There is her version of a kick line. <laughs> but, you know, she's not she's not immune to those to those trappings. But, you know, she you know, we we had to do things that would convey the story, but not to people whose eyes weren't as refined. You know, you do a ballet, you know your audiences you know your audiences are educated and they understand the pantomime language. But now, you know, we're going for a Broadway audience and they don't know a pantomime language. So how we're going to express the emotions through the steps that is that's where we put the most work into. Do you think the audiences, particularly when it first came up in Chicago, were having difficulty understanding the dance vocabulary that was being used? Yes, that's what the main criticism was. And I like, like I said, because we're from the ballet world, it was a strange thing to hear that people couldn't follow the story. I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's on his knee giving her a ring. Don't you get that's an engagement? And you know that person's dead now. And th- but. So she had to work very hard at trying to um, make that more uh, pedestrian in a way. Hmm. Well, on, on, the, on the assumption that a Broadway audience is one set of people and a ballet audience is another, how much crossover do you think there is from ballet fans coming to see your show and understanding on that level as opposed to the, quote, typical, unquote, Broadway attendee? Well, I think we have a huge mix. I think because our show is all dance, we get a lot more dance audience members uh-huh. than maybe we would if it was also language. But I think one of the greatest things we contribute is someone will come and say they're a Billy Joel fan, 
And when they leave, they say, I like dance now. And a lot of them have never seen dance, especially my character because I dance on point and point mm-hmm. shoes. So that's a great thing for me to be able to exp- show that to a whole audience who's not even used to going to a dance concert of any kind, much less ballet or, you know, there's jazz and there's hip-hop and there's Martha Graham technique. So I think that's a great thing we're mm. exposing. It's interesting. When I, I'm remembering when I saw the show, I saw it with my girlfriend who was a professional ballet dancer uh, a number of years ago. And she was seeing things in the show that I wasn't noticing. She was talking about, look at that extension, look at how... And and so she was seeing the show on a very different level than I was, so certainly that comes into play. For you, having been originally trained for ballet, am I correct that that was where you both started from, and that's something you've trained from from a fairly early age? You then, before this show, you went to work with Twyla, what what was that change like? Is it is it a big change? Is there strictly ballet? Is there a Twyla Tharp style? Is there a Broadway style? And how does that all come together? Well, I mean, we both worked with Twyla at ABT probably in the late 80s. We started. So it wasn't like we left ballet to dance with Twyla. We, she was always part of ABT. So we, we worked with her. But I would say Twyla's hugely based in ballet. She's not a separate thing okay. at yeah. all. Yeah, let me illustrate this. Now, Great. it's a good question, but one day we were rehearsing with Twyla, Ashley and I and, and the other dancers, and she took a piece of paper out, a legal pad, and she wrote ballet on one side and modern dance on the other side, and then she drew a line down the center of it, and then she erased the line, and she says, this is what we need to do now. You take your ballet technique, you learn to apply it to every other form of movement without discarding or disregarding your training. And that's what, you know what, it, it's amazing that, um, that the producers gave her a forum for this because she really, we really are, and it sounds corny, but we're ambassadors of dancing. And we are, like Ashley said, you know, we're exposing a whole new audience to dance and this is what ballet companies have been trying to do for 10 years, going, oh, we need a new audience, but they don't know how to do it. Twyla knows how to do it. The producers knew how to do it. And finally, it's happening. Well, a- Ashley mentions dancing on point. When you say the word ballet, you think of a female dancer in a pink tutu or something like that. We should emphasize this is nothing even close to that, that that perception of, of ballet. Right. And and what Twyla, Twyla uses those point shoes and Ashley's expertise in those point shoes to convey a kind of unearthliness that that the character has developed because she is a figment of of the character's imagination. And the point shoe reflects that she's not of this world now. You know, so she's found different applications for tra- with traditional instruments. Now, y- You've already talked about erasing the line, but you also have people in the show who aren't ballet dancers and aren't necessarily Twyla Tharp. Have that experience. You have people like Nancy LeManager, who's in the show now. You've got Scott Wise, who are Broadway dancers. Was there? How did how did the styles? How did you work to mesh the styles? Because it's all dance, but there's certainly again different training and different different approaches. Was that? seamless was well, it different with nancy, people learning nancy it's different because it wasn't made on nancy right you know so nancy can kind of see what liz did and create something off of that i think it's more of an issue when it's created 
And Twyla pretty much made the whole show on her six ballet dancer members of her company. And then we taught it to everyone else. Hmm. And then they made it their great thing that they do, their jazz dancing. And so, you know, I don't know. What else do you... Well, I just, I know that when we're all out there on stage, um, even though we, the six, are, are very well, uh, not well-trained, but very extensively trained, ba- trained ballet dancers, but we've, we're dancing next to people who've never been on a proscenium stage. You know, I, I was dancing next to somebody who started dancing on a cruise ship. And you know what? <laughs> I mean, tr- and I don't want to keep, you know, worshiping Twyla, but she realizes the the importance of all dance forms and she doesn't want to just you know have her categories and this person does that and that person does this and he's never done that so they can't be together i mean it's really she is the melting pot well also a great dancer is a great dancer no matter how they dance like saying well if you don't sing opera then you're not a singer i mean everyone in our show they're great movers they're great performers they've great energy and that makes a great dancer so no one's a bad dancer so it's well one know. thing we it's like a to super do. group <laughs> you know you have you have you know willie nelson up there jamming with you know um tony iomi you know i mean they're great guitarists in their own right and there's no there should be no boundaries one thing we like to do on on downstage center is to play a song from a show and each of you dance in quite a few different numbers, but there is one number that I can think of that you dance in together, just the two of you. It comes uh, in the second act. It's called James, and you've told us what your two characters are. Uh, is this during the, 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 the dream part of, uh, of Judy's existence, or is this the it's real Judy? It's after. It's the real Judy. The real Judy. And they, they run into each other, what, 10 years, 20 years after the death of their friend. I assume Judy left town. You know, I, that's my back story is she uh-huh. moved away and she's come back. And So when, when you ask Twyla for the motivation, <laughs> that's basically it. Right. This, is, this is being separated for many years. And we, we run into each other jogging. It could be Central Park. Yeah, she didn't be. know what to do at this point. When we were creating this, she didn't know what to do. And then we were rehearsing right, right across the street there at City Center. And she had been in a cab. And she went through Central Park, and she saw two people meeting together that were jogging. And this idea was born at that point. Hmm. And then I guess the scene is about, um, I think Eddie has a lot of guilt about what happened in Vietnam, John's character. And my character chooses the high road and loves him anyway and forgives him for what's happened. And since we can't see your actual dancing, what essentially does the audience see, without going to the technicalities, what essentially does the audience see? This is a very pedestrian scene. They see his hug. Yeah, this is a very, this is like, you know, when you, the simplest parts could be the best parts. And I think uh, at this point in the evening, the audience has experienced a barrage of just frenetic energy. And this is one of the points where kind of the smoke has cleared and it's just two people and it is pedestrian but um it's just it's it's an exercise in how two people can um how two people need each other's forgiveness and each other's not forgiveness but they need to understand each other before they can go on i've got a lot of baggage at that point She's got. She's overcome her baggage. She sees that I need help, and she grants me forgiveness. James, the song.
from moving out. That's called James. You're listening to Downstage Center at XM28 on Broadway with Howard Sherman and me, John Von Susten. We're talking with John Selya, who plays Eddie in Moving Out, and with Ashley Tuttle, who plays the role of Judy. And you've both uh, been in this show since the beginning. What's it like on a day-to-day basis working in the show, working with Twyla, working with anybody involved? Um, you go, John. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like? Um, it is. It's great. When you get to the theater, it's great. All day, you're you're um, doing what you can to prepare yourself for the evening's show. So you know, a lot of people think, oh, you just go to work at eight o'clock and and then you leave it behind at ten o'clock. Well, that's not the way it is. Um, I know for the demands of the 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 um, the dancing that I have to do. Um, it's it takes a lot of preparation. But there's but there as much preparation as there is, there's that much reward. By at preparation, the end of the day. do you mean physical preparation Everything, during the day? Workouts, physical, mental. It's almost a kind of monastic experience. You know, you have to you have your routines, and you need to stick to them. But many dancers continue to take lessons throughout their careers. Do you both take lessons? Yes, I, I like to take a ballet class in the morning. Uh-huh. But like we said, our, a lot of our dancers aren't ballet dancers, so some of them go to yoga, some go to the gym, some swim. It just depends. But for me, I find it, um, I guess, inspiring to get to dance a role more often than like twice a year. Because in ballet companies, you run into that problem. Mm-hmm. And this, we get a chance to, Twyla's very free with us uh, trying different things on stage, if it's acting or steps you know, of course, we have to hit marks, but other than that, so it's nice to do something over and over because you get to test different waters. But can you change? Can you change from night to night? Can you improvise? Yeah. You, oh, you yeah. do. Yeah, yeah really? you can improvise within the within the boundaries. That, that you she know, has it's set like for you. You still got to be hitting right. certain marks at certain times because the music is going to keep exactly. going regardless. Right. They're not. And the other dancers are going to be in certain you. places, right? right. Yeah. And the lighting set a certain place. And yeah. but you you raise something really interesting, Ashley, in that. When you're working in a ballet company, you're dealing with a rep schedule. You may, as you say, you may dance a role as infrequently as twice a year. What has it been like? I know, Ashley, you've taken time to go back to ABT and do some work. John, I don't know if you've been with the show straight through. But what is the difference of six times a week? You're, you're, doing, you're, you're spelled at the matinees by other performers. But, but to have gone through a period of two years in which you are almost exclusively playing the same role, that's very different from, from what your experience had been up till now, I presume. Um, there, you know, it has positives and negatives. Some of the positives are you don't get as nervous to be on stage. Because if you're doing a, like if you're doing Swan Lake and you do it twice a year, you're very nervous for that performance that you get. But you get your nerves get, um, you get to control them a little more because you're on every night. I don't think it's good to ever not have nerves because if you don't, you shouldn't be doing it, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's a different kind of stamina, I found. The dancing every night is one kind of stamina where you can kind of not hibernate during the day, but you kind of bring your energy level to a place that you can maintain and then at night pop. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing ballet, it's different because all day you have to rehearse things that you will do next week. So it's... It's a different kind of stamina. It's a, it's much more physically demanding to do the ballet stuff all day because you have to rehearse from 12 to 6 and then do the performance at night. So it's a different kind of thing. I don't know. what. Yeah, and, and it's great. You know, you do the same. It, it's. I mean, you say you do the same thing every night, and as Ashley just pointed out, you don't. I mean, you are doing you are doing it, but you're not. But you can really, I find, you really examine the character. I mean, if you like my description of Eddie, 
two years ago would have been a fraction of what it was today because you don't have time to absorb all that and you don't have time to think about all that. But now playing the same role, you can really grow more as an artist. You can really, because you're, you're solid and secure with the steps you have to execute. I'm not saying you take it for granted, but you pretty much know that you're going to get the technical stuff. And then you can focus on getting the dramatic stuff. And, you know, that's where the the fulfillment lies and that's where the audience gets pulled in i think at the time at the point where you where you are that character and you're and you're um elaborating on that character each night and does twilight has twilight come back a lot throughout the run does she keep tabs on you on a regular basis of course you have a dance captain but yeah twilight comes and she doesn't tell us when she's going to be there and so are you still getting notes two years later yes and how, how about billy Billy Joel. He Does comes he around occasionally. He's, he? Yeah, yeah Billy shows up. Billy loves it. I mean, it's like, you know, it's it's a hoot for him to come and, and see how well it's going, but he, he tends to forget how much work has to be done, you know, for his entertainment. But <laughs> So it's fun. I mean, he comes in and he wants to kick back and, and hoot and holler. He and, wants to just and hang around with you backstage with everybody. and like, excuse me, we've and got I would a show love to, do. to talk to you, Billy, but I've got your work to dance to at this moment. Has he ever been tempted to take over Michael Cavanaugh's role for one night and play the piano and sing up there on stage? Sometimes he'll play the last song, New York State of Mind. I mean, he'll come up on stage yeah. and do that? Yeah. Does the audience realize that he's... Walking? Oh, yeah. It's huge. They, they yeah. go yeah. crazy. Yeah. And he came in the other day, and it's like what Ashley said, you know, how when she mentioned that we had made some songs shorter than the other, and he was contemplating coming on, like, before the end... But he didn't know his song. He didn't know where we had cut his song, what <laughs> lyrics we have l- omitted from his song. So he can't sing anything except the end. I remember once I was at a uh, small uh, uh, restaurant nightclub that had a cabaret uh, lounge with a piano player. This was up on Nantucket. And the piano player was doing uh, one of Billy Joel's songs and totally on purpose messing up all the lyrics. I don't know if he realized it or not. But Billy Joel was staying in that hotel, and he walked into the back of the lounge, and he stood there watching this guy for about two minutes perform kind of like the Fabulous Baker Boys, kind of like that sort of a thing, only the the nerdy one of the Baker Boys, and totally messing up the lyrics on purpose, trying to get a laugh. Billy just shook his head and walked off <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. as he as he observed this man. And I don't know if the piano guy knew that he was... It was piano man that the guy was playing, of all things, if he realized that uh, Billy was watching or not. It was really kind of a funny moment. Ashley, you said something before we went on the air about a certain danger element in doing this show. And, um, and we said, hold on to that thought for the show itself, for this Right. Show. I think um, some of the partnering moves or mm-hmm. if you haven't practiced with one particular person. Such as the two of you performing together. Right. We don't do much partnering together, actually. It's uh-huh. the other couple, the Tony uh-huh. and Brenda characters, that if one of them is injured or sick or something, it's almost constant that the other character has to take that show off because it's rare that they've mixed partnering. And then, and then the standby partners perform that role right, because right. they're used to performing with each other? Right, yes. exactly. And wh- why is it dangerous? Because it's Twyla. You know, she's <laughs> unless you're unless you're at risk, she's not happy. It is very acrobatic and energetic dancing. I'll say. Yeah, that. I mean, you you have to. She calls it deep dancing. You know, I think in order to captivate an audience for that long, you've got to be putting a lot out there. You uh-huh. know, we're not just in you know in a kick line here, and she un- and she knows how effective that uh, that kind of uh, seat of your pants abandonment is. 
and I think the audience appreciates it in a sick way. You know, they love to see somebody almost get killed. Not get killed, but they love to see this element of risk, and they love to see that, you know, that Ashley might might slide off the stage, and they love to see that I might have a heart attack, you know, at any point. They, I think there's something there's something entertaining about that that edge and it can't be achieved unless you know there's an a-, a danger element uh, a risk factor so quite literally as well as you know figuratively keeps you on your toes so to speak yeah. keeps you fine-tuned that you have to be performing at your best it sounds like well you continue to perform at your best it's it's really an extraordinary show how long do you think you'll stay with it do you do you want to stay? Just keep doing this, or or at some point is it is it time to to explore other other things now? Because you said, John, while we were listening to the song, that in fact we talked about you've been with the show two years, but with workshops you've been living with this for for a long time. Um, it's hard to say. I, I I still get a lot out of it. I love the cast. I love the band. I love the crew, and. Um, we know that that this that it's a limited run, you know, um, and I would like to see as long as it as long as I feel passionate about it, I'll try to do it. We should point out uh, to our radio audience that uh, while often ballet and dance are thought of as something for women, this is a very action-packed show. You have classic cars on stage. You have battle scenes with bombs exploding and things happening. It's a very action-packed show. So, you know, boys should not be afraid to come see the show, basically. Be afraid. <laughs> be very afraid. <laughs> We're back to the danger. No, you're it. right. I mean, it, you're right. I mean, there are people who are like, you know, yo, dancing can be cool. You know, there's that. The, the, it's great. It reaches it reaches an audience that would be apprehensive about going to an opera house and sitting through three acts about a bird. <laughs> you know, and there's and and I love doing the show because it. This is a very it's a show that means something, especially in this day and age. You know, I think, you know, we, I play a Marine and I feel so grateful that I can, that I can go up on stage and, and bring that aspect of what's going on in our world to the stage and have, and have commentary on it. You know, I think it, I think the show is, it it really is, um, it's a statement show. And that shouldn't that shouldn't put people off, you know. It's not it's not so dark and heavy, but there are elements that that are that are really pertinent to what's happening around us. Mm-hmm. Um, in our audience, we have many young people, people who are in junior high school, high school, college. The two of you obviously started because you're still very young right now yourselves. What kind of advice would you give for young people who want to become either professional dancers or whether it be Broadway or ballet? People who want to get into the the business that you guys are in. Any advice? I would say if you love something, you have to put yourself 100% into it. Just let passion guide you. It's going to be hard. There are going to be doors slammed in your face, all kinds of things. But if it's something you feel deep inside, you have to just go for it. Now, Ashley, John comes from New York. How about yourself? Where are you from? Uh, South Carolina. So how did you get from South Carolina to New York? I came up for summer courses at School of American Ballet. And... um, I stayed for the winter course when I was 15. We were actually at SAB together in mm-hmm. high school together. And then I joined ABT when I was 16. So I was fortunate. Who, someone who cannot have that uh, you know, experience of being with ABT, how does that person make it to 
whether it be New York or elsewhere in theater, professionally, I'm talking From what about. I understand, I mean, I can only speak from what I've experienced, yeah, yeah. but when I talk to other people, you just got to keep auditioning and keep having your love for it, keep going to classes. You know, a lot of times you're not going to get a part because you should, they want a blonde and you're a brunette, or mm-hmm. they want you to be six feet tall and you're, you know, 5'10". And so a lot of times it's not personal. I think it's just you know, perseverance, basically. So it's kind of like the old adage, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. Exactly. Yeah, one of those things. Good. Well, thank you both very much for being with us today. And, you know, as they say, break a leg, but in this case, don't, because <laughs> you'd be kind of out of business. But thank you so much for joining us, and good luck to both of you in the future. Thank, thank you for you. having us. I'm John Von Susten for XM28 on Broadway. And I'm Howard Sherman of the American Theater Wing. Please join us again next time for Downstage Center. Thank you.